Welcome to the Casa de Confidence podcast, a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you've stumbled into our casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Welcome back to the latest, greatest episode of Casa de Confidence. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Today, we have 12 new chapters to write in the book of life. 12 new chapters. And 365 new chances. Are those like the pages to the chapters? I don't know. Because I picked up on what you're saying there. 12 new chapters. Each month is a chapter? Yes. Each month is a chapter for us to make this the best year ever. With 365 pages? Those are days. Those are days. Hmm. Huh. Sounds like book is on your mind. Book is on my mind, but I wasn't going to bring it up. Well, I'm going to bring it up. Well, I'm kind of a little embarrassed, but okay. Pop the cork. I don't know. Confident you by Julie DeLuca Collins, mm. has gone on pre-sale, and the pre-sale has closed. Not really. With it's still Julie pre-sale. ending up number one bestseller in business mentoring and coaching, number one bestseller in adult and continuing education, and number one bestseller in new releases in women writers mm. on Amazon. Women writers, that's a big topic. So I am celebrating my wife today. You should celebrate your wife every day. I do. I celebrate you every day. (laughs) Every day I wake up and I go, woohoo, I got to celebrate Julie because she's a party in a bag. A party in a bag. That would be me. She's just a party. Celebrate. Woo. But today I'm celebrating Julie and I want to congratulate you on your hard work. And I want to say thank you. To mm. everyone out there, yes, thank you so that responded much. Responded and and purchased a pre pre sale, mm-hmm. um, uh, Kindle order of this book. And if they and, don't have a Kindle, they will still get it. Yes, it works. On, it it works. It works on any device. You don't need Kindle. But I can email people the copy too. Of course. So, and it's not going to be in December 2021. People like Amazon is telling yeah, you. Yeah, Amazon hmm. says the book is being released <sighs> December 8th, 2021. They just put it out. So when the book was loaded, um, when the pre-sale was loaded, they do it like a year from the pre, pre-sale pre-loaded. And then you know, the thing I, I, is, I, I, don't anyway, believe too, that. Don't believe that. Yeah. It's coming a lot sooner than that. The book is being edited. The book is with the editor, and it's up to our publisher. Uh, as to when the book will actually be released. There's some formatting issues that we're going to be working on <clears throat> right now. So, and that's why yeah. this is so, happening. So. Oh, my gosh. But it Our, looks so good. I was cheating and, like, kind of looking over Julie's shoulder and hmm. checking out a little bit. and Yeah. I think you're going to enjoy it. So 
Today is a Saturday, the first Saturday of a new year. 2021. Yes. And you know what you told me that you wanted to do on New Year's Eve and we didn't do? I was going to do the vision board with you. Which you've never done. I'm super excited at the concept yes. of you making a vision board. Well, I was I, <clears throat> I was like, you know what? What's a good way to help? And what's a good day, a good thing for me and Julie to do together? Mm-hmm. Um, since we're not partying, which is her typical MO, modus well, operandi, on party New home. Year's Eve. And we were going. So I said, well, you know what? Hey, let's do our vision boards. But we didn't have supplies. But then we got a call from the Rouses. And we went and spent um, our evening over there with them. And we played um, bullshit. And Clue. (laughs) And Clue. Did I win at any of these? No, I did not win at any of them. You turned up a big fat zero that night. You know what you won, though? What? You won a kiss at midnight from Hot Hands. Hot handsome, Hot handsome husband. Yeah, that was that was a win. A win for me. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> actually, my win is that I... can't even say it with a straight face. My win is that I actually heard that the book was number one. And just as I heard that, well, I had heard when we got to the Rouses right before that, which was like about 6.37. And then um, I was debating whether I should say anything, announce it. I don't know. I don't want to make it this is about me. Although the whole day seemed to be about me with people posting. And thank I you mean, so much to the friends that did. Um, but then all <laughs> of a sudden, I got a text from a friend. And she figured it out. She went to Amazon and it told her I was number one. Yay. So that was pretty so awesome. What the, what the pre-sale is going to do, um, you know, the pre-sale is amongst people you know, and mm-hmm. amongst people you know, um, they buy the book. It makes it number one. Now, when the book actually releases, Amazon will start promoting it to That's people right. that we do not know. And, and I'm get super the, excited get, for that. Yep, yeah, it'll get the book out there. Get her message out to, uh, to women that uh, Julie doesn't necessarily know. You and know? you know what? Want to hear something very interesting that this, this tickled me pink, obviously, because you know if you are a reader, my friend. Um, hold on, the the number two book at least that night on the 31st the number two book it, it, it changes in women's hour writers by hour, i know but the number two book was virginia wolf the complete <laughs> works of virginia wolf who knew that i could knock virginia wolf off of her number one spot <laughs> <laughs> oh lord that's that's kind of who's afraid of virginia wolf not me apparently <laughs> am i mixing up things or is that a thing. I don't know. That's Let's just move thing, on. Right? Who's afraid of someone wolf? Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? Oh, you that, are that correct. Is right? Yeah, you are correct. Oh wow! Look, Look at, at you. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Daniel, um, since we did not get to do our vision board, but here's another question for you: Did you come up with a word for the year? Um, no. No, we're going to work on that today. That'll be a romantic evening, did Saturday you, night at Casa up, de Collins. Did you come up with a word? I narrowed it down to 10. Okay. Because you actually speak about it with our guest today. Yes, I do speak about my word for last year with our guest today. And I think and you almost committed to a word <clears throat> in that, but I, I think you've Yeah, I retracted that, that commitment bit. since I spoke to her. Yeah. Do you remember what the word was? Yes, it was gratitude. 
Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that that was going to be my word. but Your sister made you a, a cup when she thought it was that word. No, she didn't make me a cup. What? Well, she decorated a cup. No, I decorated that cup. Okay. You did? Here's the oh, story of that? the cup. Yes, I did that. Did you see how crappy I it was? I it was your sister. No. I was like, that's not her best work. <laughs> My sister is very crafty. I am not. So last year, and I think that we talk about this in the episode, but I'll say the story again in case we don't. <laughs> Last year, I was in Miami. I was in the 305, and Pitbull was having his annual New Year's Eve party that I wanted to attend. But because my sister doesn't do crowds or loud music in the evenings, especially in Miami, we did not go. Not that I ever expected her to go, and not that I was going to go alone. I mean, I did think about going alone. Pretty sure this is the third week in a row you've told the story. (laughs) Okay, quick story. So... We went to bed early after toasting the New Year's, and she knew that, you know, I was disappointed that I did not go out and party. So she decided that we would do something really fun on New Year's Day, and we decided to craft, which, you know, crafting to me is like nails on a chalkboard, but whatever, you know, I don't want to yuck somebody else's yum. And she beautifully set out these, like, things for us to color. She had uh, glasses. And she proceeded to paint a beautiful glass, Um, and I didn't know what to put on mine. And there's a couple things that I know how to do. Lettering, not fancy lettering, like preschool lettering, and dots. So I decided to paint my word for the year in my glass, on my glass. And, well, my word for the year glass was left behind in Miami. And I forgot what my word for the year was for the majority of the year. Not that I, I didn't forget. I just well, didn't have it in year. the forefront of my mind. Yeah. That's oh. why the glass says 2020, Dan. Oh, <laughs> dumb, dumb. <laughs> anyway. Well, the word is power. The word is power. But was that your word last year? That was my word last year. See, it, it's not like when I, my mm. word was amazing that I kept saying, I'm amazing. Or when my word was brave or when my word was courage, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, anyway, so I need to come up with a word. You got it down to 10. All right. I'll write 10 words down. You got to start with with 20 and narrow it down. Oh, I got to start. And it's a feeling that you want to generate. Who wrote these words, these rules? I'm I'm a life coach. What if I want to write 21? Fine. Write 21. Pick the words that you want to set as an intention. What? intention what do you want to accomplish for the year how do you want to feel what is the thing that will ground you and remind you of where are you going for this year and what are you writing in these 12 new chapters of your book of 2021 i got my word of the year already oh lord okay what's your word 41 41 Mm -hmm. what is that 41 oh my god some may say that's a number what some may say that that's a number. Okay. But if you write it out, then it's two words. So if you need it together. Okay. 41. I want that to be my average golf score for nine holes this year. Wow. Just because you got a new driver today, you're thinking golf. I don't have it. Purchased you got it, it. You purchased, you know. I'm so excited. I've I've never. Good I haven't, for I've you. I've never purchased a real driver brand new in my past before i was because you have been a thrifty golfing very thrifty 
Well, I bought a, I bought a nice driver. You bought a nice driver that makes you now an official golfer, apparently. Well, it's not going to make me any better. Well, you never know. If you keep practicing. Well, the club doesn't make you better. The practice does. Yeah, but it, sometimes you have to have the right equipment. And for me, <laughs> I although I have done the work and practiced the things, having the right equipment like the right coach helped me get to where I needed to go for a lot of my goals. And mm-hmm. the person who is our guest today has been my coach for a long time. Holy crap, what a transition. What a transition. Oh, my God. The crowd roars. (laughs) Good job, Julie. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm pretty proud of myself. That was pretty good. (laughs) Oh, it was very good. Very good. (laughs) Anyway, so today's guest is none other than my coach and mentor and friend, someone who um, I first met on the Weight Watcher boards. And I followed her. Eight? 2008, 9, I don't know. I have the original email. I think I tell her the date of the email on the... You do, because I heard it. Okay. It's 2008. So um, today she is actually, um, for anybody who is a no BS woman and part of the no BS program, um, many of my sisters in the no BS program are in camp today. I did not attend virtual camp. This is the first time I do not do camp. But I knew that with everything going on with the book, I wasn't necessarily going to be in the right place and could not commit to being there. So um, I'm I'm sort of feeling a little bit of FOMO, uh, but I'm also very happy because uh, she's, again, changing lives every single day. And she inspires me. She motivates me. She challenges me. And I can't wait to jump back into my journey with weight loss because it's time to buckle down, people. That's one of my goals Mm -hmm. for this year. I got to meet Corinne a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a year and a half ago. So um, incredible, incredible person, incredible energy. Um, And the program's called No BS, right? No BS. Which explains Corinne to a T. (laughs) And here's the thing. She is making women feel amazing and create the habits and skills, not only to lose weight, but really to change their lives. And I am one of the people who has evolved and changed, and so many other women are in the same boat. So I admire her for that. So I encourage you to listen to this entire interview. Uh, it gives you an insight into who Corinne is how she's helped Julie and what the Nobius uh, program is about. Mm-hmm. And it's not about dieting. It's not about um, purely losing weight. Even though that's the goal is for women to be able to empower themselves and lose weight. It's also to, to empower themselves mm-hmm. and become more, you know? So it's a, just listen to this interview. It is incredible. Yeah, and I am, again, so honored and proud to have her. I'm so happy that she is gracing Casa de Confidence. And again, she embodies confidence and she embodies strength. And I hope that there is something, if you don't know Corinne, that you um, find definitely some inspiration from anything that she has to say. Now, um, I will tell you, Corinne and I have something in common. Out of the many things. What do you have in common? We have a little bit of a potty mouth. Oh, that's true. So, anyway, 
It is what it is. I own it. It is. I know. Because I'm not the boss of you. It's not. Oh, you are not the boss of me. Well, technically you are. Last week you said I was the boss of you. Listen, things change This week you said you're not, I'm not the boss of you. So, Am I sending you mixed signals? You're sending me mixed signals. Hmm. Just got with the program. I'll get with the program. So, All right. Well, anyway. Anyway. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Julie. On to our guest. Curing Crabtree. From the No BS program. I am so excited that you are here. I'm excited. <laughs> I am thrilled that you are here. I can't wait to speak to you. And for those of the listeners who don't know and but have heard me talk about, this is Corinne Crabtree, and she is my mentor. She is a person that has influenced me probably the most in my mindset, if not the most. Yeah, definitely the most. <laughs> <laughs> At times when I need a little perk, I I definitely hear her in the back of my mind, and she is the one that um, has helped me in so many different ways and in so many different areas. But most of all, I think that uh, she is someone that not only has changed my life, but is changing the lives of so many other women. And when I look at her journey, I knew that this is exactly the kind of person that I want other listeners to be able to hear from because we tend to not believe in ourselves enough. But when we do make the transition to not only believing, but acting in the person that we are, then we can begin to impact the lives of others. And then those people go in and change the lives of others. And it's a ripple effect. So welcome to the Casa de Conference. Corinne, introduce yourself. Well, as you said, I'm Corinne Crabtree. I am uh, a no BS lady. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> uh, so like, uh, I think that if I was going to tell people something about me other than just, you know, I have a weight loss company is that um, my mission in life is really, it used to be just to help people lose weight. Like I really wanted women to lose weight because I thought that that was the path to feeling amazing. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is that I help women feel amazing about their life through the journey of weight loss. So it's been shifting a lot for me, especially in this past year about thinking, you know, one of the reasons why I use the vehicle of weight loss is because my life changed so much. I realized that through losing my weight, I fell in love with myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't wait until the end to figure out, oh, I'm okay now, or I'm this, that, and the other. It was, it was a lot of doing things I was scared to do, challenging myself to love myself when I, in the moments that I didn't, it was a lot of reworking how I talked to myself because I no longer tolerated a version of me that um, was my own worst enemy. And so um, I would just love for your listeners to know that, that I believe that every woman deserves to feel amazing, Mm. amazing, amazing every single day. And my mission in life is to figure out how to get as many women to that point as possible. <laughs> I think that that is such a, a needed thing in the world. And I in, in, in working with women, whether it be in mentoring programs or, or now in, in, in this chapter of my life, I know that you know, through your program and through being a part of the group of the No BS Woman and then being a part of the mentor team and everything, the one thing that really shifted for me and, and amazing was my word in 2018 and 2019. I used the, the word and it, it really helped me be able to say, well, 
who is that person? And in 2018, I had a hysterectomy. And I I remember thinking, like, how do I want to feel? How do I want to show up? And keeping in mind, like, I, I, I'm going to feel amazing. And for someone who was afraid of pain and someone who is afraid of, uh, and there were so many different emotions that came through with that, right? That mm-hmm. I... Uh, that got me moving in the morning and that got me eating right. And that got me not because I wanted to be a certain size, but, but that's just how I wanted to do. And then even in the relationships, whether it be in my job or with my husband, feeling amazing and being amazing is the thing that I connected to. And that's something that I definitely learned from you. So um, I well, thank you I for that. It's important too. something you said that I think a lot of people don't realize is that you had asked yourself like, well, how do I want to feel about this? I don't think we are taught that we have a choice in the matter. And the moment that you really, when you learn the skill of being able to decide how you want to think about yourself and how you want to think about your world, you open up all kinds of possibility for you. Not, you know, not only do you open up the possibility to just feel better in general, but you open up a lot of potential for you to be able to take hard things as they come and feel confident that you can overcome them or feel um, compassion that you, of course, I was just coaching someone a few minutes ago on a, on one of my calls and, you know, she was talking about an alcoholic son that she lives with. And I was like, our, you know, your goal is not to sit around and figure out how you can feel amazing about him being an alcoholic, but we can sit around and decide how we want to think and feel. And you can always think in any moment, I feel bad or I feel worried or I feel whatever because I love him. Mm. And in that moment, we drop into compassion. I think that um, we just are so quick as humans to think that we don't get to control how we think and feel. And then when you step into that, you step into a lot of your power. I totally agree with you and and, and talk about that voice in my head. Um, When we were at uh, camp, uh, when we could do in-person events, it seems so long ago, uh, we were in Nashville and it was was 20. You're telling me. Right? (laughs) I'm ready for a hug and I'm not even a hugger. I'm just like, I will never bitch about hugging ever again. Yeah, don't ever do it. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I am, I am in, you know, really trying to manage how I, I look at all this an inability to be out in person. Um, and But in 2017, I was working for the uh, educational company that I worked for, and I was in Nashville. Um, and it was something coming up in, in, um, in the horizon for me. The owner, my mentor, my, my second you know, mother, someone that I, I grew to really love, and the owner of the company, the founder, uh, was dying, and she was in hospice. And I didn't know if uh, I would get to say goodbye. And I made peace with coming. And throughout the weekend, you know, you were coaching several different people. And uh, I, of course, as I tend to do in some of these events, when I, I finally raised my hand Sunday afternoon, last coach. <laughs> Everybody likes to wait to the last minute. Right? Like all of a sudden, all the hands are coming. <laughs> all the hands. And, and I remember, um, I will never forget, you said to me, she is going to die. And how do you want to feel? And I remember, you know, the, the, the 
pain was certainly there, but it was something that it helped me process grief in a very different way from what I had done in the past, as opposed to trying to avoid it, as opposed to trying to stifle it, as opposed to trying to. Um, and then I, I began to feel compassion for myself, for the the changes that were coming and the fear that I was feeling and for all the things and all the emotions that were coming up. And also I felt compassion for that inner judge that was coming in and saying, oh my God, you should not be feeling like this, or you should not be doing this kind of thing. And learning that was very pivotal for me and, and, and really helped me show up as a better version of myself and really uh, be able to deal with everything that came after that. And, and that was the first thing and being able to show up in that best version of myself allowed me to then finally um, go from being a VP with the company to hitting the, the, the C-level suite. And that's something that I really attribute to you and really attribute to being a no BS woman and helping me giving, uh, giving me those tools. So <clears throat> I think that that's something that you do for everyone. That's, that's part of the no BS group. What's so funny is I remember that coaching, like, and you know, I've coached yep. probably a thousand sessions, if not more at this point, but mm-hmm. that, and that was like early in my coaching, that your coaching session was one of the first times I ever coached on grief. And it was even impactful for me. It was the first time that I think I really coached someone on choosing the harder emotions. Like we, like, I I remember even talking to you because you were, you know, I know at one point you were like worried you'd overeat and stuff. And I was just like, but if you allow, like you thought the grief was going to cause the overeat. Right. And I was coaching you on when you really respect your grief, when you are there because you're like, of course, I feel sad and all the things Mm -hmm. because I loved her, because I respected her and stuff. You don't need to eat anymore. You now allow yourself to be in that space. You allow the crying, you allow Mm -hmm. the like the releasing and all that kind of stuff. But I, I mean, I remember that one. I know what you were wearing. I remember that so vividly. It's, it's like, it comes back in my mind. And it's funny because I look back at the times in which, first of all, I know that I posted this in the, in the, in the Facebook group at one point, but I do have my email from fit and fat welcoming me. Welcome New York Red Rose too. And um, I actually had to go find it because I wanted to make sure. So the date on that is January 9th, uh, 2008. Oh, my gosh. That was way back in the day. And and here's the thing. Like, I followed you from from the boards on Weight Watchers. But I, I think of, like... I lived with this like lurking, like, oh my gosh, like, oh, they're doing really cool stuff. And I would sometimes go in and read, but I never felt like I I was ready to take the plunge into being a part of this community. And it wasn't until after my dad died that um, I really felt like I needed that community and sense of belonging and started to really dip my, my toes into being more part of the community in 2015 or, or so. And I think that uh, it, it definitely has been life-changing. And, I, and I've seen, I remember um, when you first added me to the Facebook group, um, and it was still a baby group, <laughs> back <laughs> way back when, um, you were having surgery. And I'm like, oh, she's putting it out there. Like, wow, this lady is like 
I don't know. It's like cool, but oh my gosh. Like, and I realized that it's in our vulnerability that we can be better leaders. And mm-hmm. um, I've learned that a lot from you as well. So I think it's important as like when you're going to try to lead people, it's hard enough to lead people if you're trying to lead people and trying to figure out how to be a different person yourself. Like it just, it's impossible. I mean, you just can't do it. Some people can fake it. And I don't think like just for my own sake, if I am trying to help my people, I want them to just, I just want to be able to walk into the room and Mm -hmm. just say it like I mean it. And like, here's all the things I don't want to be sitting around trying to be someone I'm not or Mm -hmm. keep these parts separate and stuff. Cause I, I mean, it, you're right. I put it all out there. I still do. I'm <laughs> pretty much just, you know, honest as the day is long when it comes to that shit. But I think it's when you're in a leadership role, your people, one, will respect you more when, when they can just like tell they're getting the real you. Right. You know, when they're, when they, it's really hard to get people to follow your message when they don't really feel like they can connect to you. So that's just kind of my opinion, but that's one reason why I, I put, I just share a lot of my life. I always have, I've just always chosen to never feel shame over my life, my trials, my ups, my downs, whatever it is. Um, I, I will say one of the areas that I'm working on now is I've always been really good at, which is, pretty much opposite for most people, (laughs) but I've always been really good at sharing the hard parts, the Mm -hmm. ugly parts and the parts I've had to overcome and like, like let's dig into what's wrong with me right now kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Sharing the good side and the success part and really stepping into that has, has been the new work. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't realize how much I identified with um, a struggler until this last year when I have done so much work on myself that I can just about say, like, I'm really good at managing my mind. I'm really good at just enjoying my life. I'm really good at those things now. Um, It's from years and years of working on it and now stepping into sharing the easy part. Mm -hmm. I I think that, and you know, if I, if I would venture to say, I would even say that, you know, how women tend to, um, tend to keep clothes that are too big for too long. Mm -hmm. I think that when we've struggled for so many years, at times we identify with that part and it's that old sweat, uh, sweatpants that we, we know, you know, they're too old, don't fit. We would never go out in public in them. And I think that um, we we want to keep them. I actually got coached myself on this. I'm really working on this myself. And one of the things that my coach said is um, we we were just kind of talking. And I said, but if it's easy for me and I really accept that it's easier for me now, like it's just this is who I am now, I won't be relatable. And she looked at me and she said, you know, that is just a thought. That is a She's thought. Like, she said, do you really believe, Corinne, you'll never be relatable? <laughs> I, I, 
right. That's I'm certainly like, well, not something that I would ever say about you. And yeah, I, and, I know, but it, but it just goes to show you how easy it is for, for anybody to want to hang on to an identity that they've had for a long time and oh. especially a beneficial identity for a long time. Uh, the vulnerability and the like going through the hard times with all of you and stuff that served so well. Now it's like, I really want to be the role model of like, this is the life we all get to have. If I can create it, anybody can. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to be in the struggle part anymore in order to like, like it's almost like we, like more of us women have to start celebrating what, what we've achieved and showing other people like, it really is good over here. Let me help you get there rather than like staying small and stuff. No. And I think that, you know, for so many years, I always played big in certain areas of my life, but I was afraid of playing big in other areas because I was afraid of what other people were going to think, what people were going to interpret or um, or, or really not embrace all of me. So I kept certain parts of my life really compartmentalized. And I think that in weight loss and in my career are two big examples of how I compartmentalize. I always had been successful, a go-getter, um, did a lot of things in my career, but in weight loss is something that I've struggled. So I think that we, we, um, in, in learning from you and from other mentors, I think that being okay with showing the words, but being okay with also showing the success because people are not going to um, not embrace you if you have either or, right? And in, in, in being and okay I with either or. a lot of times, and I think it's the same thought is that we think like our brains want to go to immediately that people aren't going to accept us. And what I've been working on for myself is, but what if they get inspired? And they are back. Right. But, and it's like this idea, I have to remind myself, I don't need to like hang back for fear that some people won't like it. I want to focus more on all the people who will just be like, I want that, whatever it is, let's let's go, like teach me how to do this, you know? Um, And it's the same, but it's both sides. When you are sharing your struggles and you're afraid to share them, it's because we immediately think people will judge me. Versus people will feel like they're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this idea of whatever you're most afraid of, flip it. Because that's probably what will happen. Because mm-hmm. our fears always convince us that they're bigger than they are. Our fears are usually like the 1% to 2% outlier chance of what will happen. <laughs> 98% will be pretty good. And yet we just focus on what we're most afraid of and we make it the 98%. Well, it, it, it's funny you say that because I think that in looking back at this year and, and, and really, you know, I was journaling this week and one of the things that I came across is something that I journaled on um, in January. And one of the things that I was really trying to figure out, like, okay, what do I want for this year? And I, you know, as far as I was concerned, my career was on track, but I really felt like I needed to do something else. And I remember I wrote, um, should I quit my job and go full fledged into coaching? And I wrote this whole thing on how, well, what if I 
can't make a business? What if I can't, you know, do, you know, and be successful at it? What if I, and I, and I wrote this whole worst case scenario in my worst case scenario. Um, I, you know, we, I'd lost my job. We didn't have money. We couldn't travel. Uh, Dan lost his job. We were homeless. We lost our house. We didn't have a place. I mean, like, I, and, and it's funny how I, I really went all in exploring this. And I remember thinking, oh my God, that's just so dumb, right? Uh, but then I started to come up with solutions. Well, what if this happens and what would I do? And, and when I, when I got the call, because obviously, you know, I got a call saying, you know, we're eliminating the position. We can't keep you. I remember one feeling free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then all of a sudden being like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm ready yeah. to play the scenario in my brain and really being able to explore the fear and explore that. Because like you said, we're, we're, we're catastrophizing a lot of other things that may not come to pass. And if they do, if you've explored them, you'll figure it out. You just have to be willing to do that. And you, you use that a lot. Uh, with the no BS women, you say, you know, you'll figure it out because you did that. Uh, when did you start telling yourself that you were going to figure things out? It literally was when I think that I've always kind of told myself this when I was, when I was young, I, um, my mom was single and she was a young mother. So she had me at 17 and you know, she didn't have babysitters. She, she worked minimum wage jobs. This was, you know, back in the seventies and eighties when you could leave kids at home if you needed to. (laughs) Right. So I was always kind of just thrust into positions to where, you know, my mom couldn't be available. So if things happened, the only option was to figure things out, you know? And so it kind of, that's where it all started. And then I look at my my twenties in particular, by the time I got out of high school, I was, um, I had attempted suicide my senior year of high school. I survived. Um, I had eloped with a douchebag. We had gotten (laughs) divorced by the time I was 20. I was just like, I was a hot mess between basically 16 and 20 years old. And in my twenties, because I dropped out of college, I'd went one semester and was supporting this guy. I naturally was very independent and wanted to live on my own. And so I spent my twenties working really hard, proving myself and knowing like I worked in a job where every single person, but me had at least a four-year degree, if not a master's or was pursuing a PhD. Wow. And then there was me (laughs) and I knew that the only thing that would I, I, like, I might not be ha, be as smart as them in terms of like education, but I could outlearn anybody and I could outwork anyone. Absolutely. And so I was always had this idea that I could figure things out. I just, I would, if I wanted something, I just, I didn't do a lot of entertaining that it was impossible. Now I struggled with my weight all my life and a lot of it had to do with um, growing up with poor eating habits, growing up. Um, we, you know, we overate a lot because we always, we didn't always know when the next meal was coming. So when we ate, we ate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a lot of poor habits. And then in my twenties, um, I think I did a lot of eating to fit in. I did a lot, like I, my weight was just like, I would do diets and stuff, but I think I always prioritized you know, needing to keep a roof over my head and like the things that had to be done got done. So when I was, um, 
after I had my son, I'd gotten married at 28, had a son. I was over 250 and was um, basically miserable and going down the road of depression again. Mm. And I applied, I'm going to figure it out more consciously then. It was, I think right. it was the first time that I said it out loud and knew that that was what I was going to do rather than it just being kind of an unconscious just belief system in me. It's like it was a belief system that got conscious real quick. And that's how I lost weight was just by really believing that I didn't need to know how I was going to lose weight. I just needed to know I could figure it out. And so I would piece together little changes that I could make because I just held on to that belief. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's funny that you, you bring up the piecing together, the little changes, because I think that when I used to look at my weight loss, I always thought, okay, well, this is the plan and I got to follow it. And then when I don't follow it, I fail and then I beat myself up. But when I started to really get traction, um, in, in full disclosure, I lost 40 pounds out of the 80 that I'd like to lose. I've gained 17 of them. Um, but I, I go back and what things that really ground me is I, I make a plan. And sometimes I don't stick to the plan. I'm an asshole, but I don't judge myself for it. And I go back and I try to figure out like, well, why, why did I do that? And what's going on? And really consistently saying, you know, what's my next best thing? What mm-hmm. is my next best thing in, in going back to some of these lessons? And, and I think that watching you do that and teach us that is something that continues to, um, you know, get me through every single day in, in, in the days, you know, when they're, when it's not right, it's just, I'm not in it, you know, for an end result. I'm in it to live my life, my best life now and love myself through the process. Because when well, I don't. Weight loss is just like basically being able to stay consistent with, it's not just even consistency with eating and consistency with the, the behaviors of weight loss, but it's the consistency and looking forward. And I think oh. that's something that, um, a lot of people don't understand about weight loss is that there's, I was joking around with my podcast co-host, Kathy, the other day we were outlining the next like 18 of them and every single one, I was like, all right, let's do this one. And I was like, make this note. And it kept coming down to, well, yeah, because like step one, don't quit. Like it was right. like every single, and we started laughing about it. And I was like, Let's just do one final podcast. It's called Whatever You Do, Don't Quit, Be Done. <laughs> like it's just like it's the answer to all of it. But it really is. Weight loss is only hard when you allow yourself to quit right. and then have to restart something over and over and right. over. You again. lose momentum, you lose that power. And I think that mm-hmm. um yeah. that can be applied to everything. And in, you know, for instance, I'm I'm working with um several women who are small business owners, right? And I'm bringing in what I know in business and helping them go. And mm-hmm. this is the problem or the issue or the challenges that they've had. They start one thing, they quit. And then they lose momentum. And if you know it's just like pick, stay there keep going. And when you don't hit the mark or when you fall down and it didn't work, then evaluate it, figure it out and like say, okay, well, what, what can I do different, but still stay in that course. And then that's when you start to build momentum. But if you quit, then you're screwed because then you're wasted time. 
Yeah, you really it's the are. Consistency and moving forward is the uh-huh. is the big piece of it. It's and and this isn't true in business. I mean, everything that I've built, it's I I, I coach sometimes um, for my mentor and stuff. Uh-huh. And one of the things I'm always telling the people who are building, you know, coaching businesses and stuff is you're going to have to try about a bajillion things, right? Like a bajillion, and they're all going to start. Like, let's say you're going to do like say Facebook ads, uh-huh. you're going to run a bajillion Facebook ads. Right. You're not going to quit running ads because one doesn't work or because 10 doesn't work. Right. And you're not going to quit on different things. You're always going to be like, all right, tweak, 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 tweak. You never like the only time I ever stop something is when I actually have mathematical evidence that it doesn't make sense anymore. Oh, a hundred percent. If it's not math, if you can't prove it to me in math and I know I have a thinking problem. Yeah. My thinking is making it seem like the next best decision or a logical conclusion. And so like I coach people all the time before you do anything, especially if it's going to be, you're going to stop doing something or quit doing something. Mm -hmm. If relief is going to be felt, you haven't figured out yet if it's the right decision. You are going based upon an emotion. Right. You know, like one of the things that um, my mentor, Brooke, always asks us, she'll say, um, tell me, like, when you think about this last quarter, tell me everything that that didn't work. Tell me what's wrong, mm-hmm. like what's not working. And we'll make our list. And it's like we fall into the trap every single time. And then we'll list all this stuff out. And then she'll start saying, where's the math? Where's the math? Where's the yeah. evidence? Tell me the data. Right. And 99% of the shit we bring in there is our thinking that things aren't working. Oh, I know. I just had somebody um, who has been doing a lot of social media and she's like, it's not working. It's not working. I said, did you add people to your email list? She's like, yeah, I added nine people in a week. That's really good. Like it, it worked. You just want to be at the end and you can't be at the end until you get to the messy, to the messy, to the BS, to the crap and deal with it and learn how to swim in it. Yeah. Um, and, I always yeah. love how we just come up with these irrational conclusions as to like, oh, what's I've been there and what's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, it, it's funny. One of the things that has come about this year, and I know that this is something that you've been doing since you started, is working with your husband. And uh, working with hand t- Handsome Hot Husband has been an interesting endeavor for me. Um, and I have found that I've had to go back to um, that little exercise you made me do two years ago of writing him a love letter every day. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that's fun. <laughs> and, 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 and not because I don't love him, but it was because I needed to learn to appreciate him for the things and the way that he is different and how he approaches um, the business, how he approaches uh, the technical stuff. So for instance, with this, um, podcast he he's the one who got the podcast up and running because he's like you've always talked about doing this here's the equipment go for it and um in my brain he makes it a little more complicated if it was just me i'd be recording on my phone and just putting it up but he's got the setup right because he's the technical part and he has to have the best toys because you know to me they're just whatever um but i i have to learn to hold space and and what areas have you learned um, to grow in a, in a different way with Chris, even now that you've been working with him for so long? Yeah. So he, let's see, we have been working together. It'll be, 
two years in May of this upcoming 2021. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. It, it's really flown by. I think for us, the one area that I had to grow in is um, letting him have time to himself. It's real easy when you work and like in our house and our, you know, and through the COVID, our son has been home too. So um, I'm very demanding of Chris's time. Logan, I mean, like to, to, I was just joking with him this morning. There's not a day that goes by that the first time either one of us see him, we go, Spoonie, <laughs> we get so excited like a puppy to see him. And Chris is not like that, you know, so I, he just lives with silliness. And mm -hmm. I think the first thing was really setting boundaries with myself mm. on realizing that um, just because he's home doesn't mean that I need to spend all my time with him. I don't need to make it mean that when he wants to work or whatever, that um, he doesn't want to be with me or stuff. I had to do a lot of work around that first. Um, but also just really setting, like, I will tell you, this has been something that's happened in the last six months. I noticed that I want to talk to him or I want to have like something important in the business to discuss when I'm just tired and I'm just wanting a distraction. He became like mm. the new snack. Interesting. And because... The two of us can jam on business so easy, mm -hmm. you know, it was entertaining and fun and whatever. But it, I started realizing that there were just times when I was just really needing to take a break and relax. And I was using that as a distraction to not take a break and to not relax because I had a big story around downtime and around like, um, like I'll give you an example. Many days by two o'clock, I am just wiped out. Right. I start my day real early. I do a ton of shit before most people even get up most days. I get up at four in the morning most days and I have worked out and done a ton by eight o'clock every day. By about one, two o'clock, I'm just miserable. Like I'm so tired. And I refused forever to take a nap because I thought, well, he's working. It's not fair. Mm -hmm. My team is working. It's not fair. Like I'm the lazy one. Like I just had all this story. And I noticed that instead of taking a nap, I would just go hang out in his office and be like, well, I hadn't seen you all morning and blah, blah, blah. And so I was relaxing, but I was interfering with one of his most productive times. Right. And after a little while, he was getting irritated and I could either make it mean that, you know, he's an ass and you know, he should, he should want to talk to me and blah, 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 or this stuff's important. Right. Or I can really figure out what's really going on with myself. So I think honoring his time has been real important. Um, because I was used to working at home. I know how to get my stuff done. Right. And he knows how to get his stuff done, but he can't get it done if I'm always bothering him. And, and I think that valuing how he works and valuing that and not making it mean, and, and I think that I've been there too, right? Like if, if I want to talk business or I am going forward in this and Dan maybe not there or he is doing something different, then how are you interpreting that and what are you making it mean about you when it has yeah. nothing to do with you? So that that's very interesting. 
Yeah. And I just decided it would be a lot. And this is where a lot of people won't do this, but I will. I decided it would be way easier for me to respect his time and how he likes to work and stuff and work on myself than it would be to say like, well, now we're going to have, we're going to have to come to some compromises and let me tell you how I work and you tell me how you work and we're going to do all this stuff. I was just like, I want to go to, I want to, I want to do the shortcut. I want to get to where we're both happy. The easiest way to do that is let him do it the way he wants to do it because then he won't have to work on nothing. And then I'll just work on figuring out a way to be happy. Well, this is a good lesson for me. This is is a good lesson for me because I think I'm still stuck in that. Well, you know, this isn't that way and this is how I work and you need to adjust. And and actually, Dan even said to me, he's like, "Uh, well, that may be your thing, but, you know, this is not, you know, you need to figure out what I need and respect that. Like, oh, okay. I, I always figured that. that the fastest way for me to be happy is to take responsibility for yeah. it and just fix it for myself. And fix it for yourself. <laughs> it's, I just, this I is why you're talking still about this earlier. Relying on other humans to make your feelings the most important is no, a very dangerous game that we try to play. It's a losing game. <laughs> it's a losing game. It, always. It's a, I mean, you got to think about it. It's like, we so often want somebody else to change how they naturally are. Mm-hmm. Like, like as if they should. Right. That's what, like, that's compromise. Like, we dress it up in a really big bow, but, but what we're really saying is, um, if you would just change how you like things, I get to like my life better. Right. And that's and not like, how it works. Right. And if I want to like my life better, I could, what would be way more easier is to change how I like things. Right. My attitude about it and what things mean. And so I just, I get up every morning super early. I celebrate the hell out of myself for being somebody who wakes up early. I tell myself, because one of the things that I was really aggravated by for a little while is that I start so much earlier and then Chris would sleep till like nine or 10 o'clock. But he likes to work later. And of course I like to go to bed. And I was just like, we got to flip this because we're never going to be able to watch TV in the evenings because you're going to have work to do. And And then I thought, you know what? This is crap. I want to spend time in knowing that I'm a baller for getting up early. Right. And that I also love the idea that my husband gets to wake up when he wants to. Yeah. I created that. And I have been living in that space. And then if I want to watch TV with him, I just tell him the day before, like tomorrow night, I'd really like us to be able to watch TV. Mm -hmm. Can you plan for that? Right. It's like, sure. I think, I think that's, so a, that's such easier. a great lesson. I, I have adopted in the last, uh, I, I, it's been over a year and I never thought I would say this. Um, I am definitely getting up before Dan in the mornings and, and it's, it's insane. And I think that this is the thing. We live in these stories that, um, oh, I'm not a morning person or I'm not this or I'm not that. And they create so much drama for us. And then one day it was just like, you know what? I need to go to bed early if I need to get up in the freaking morning and I'm going to be awake in the morning. And, and I have found that, um, I, I remember thinking one morning, my God, Corinne was so right. Like, God damn it. You know, like she, she I, I can't be the person that wakes up in the morning and actually enjoys it. And, 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 but I, I also think like, oh, but it would be nice to stay up late. It would be nice to whatever. And I think that you have to really, go back to trying to figure out what the result that you want for your life is and, and yeah. what serves you. Um, you alluded to Logan. Um, 
who I love very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is, he's an amazing young man and he is a person that inspired you to lose your weight in the very beginning. In addition to Logan, and I want you to talk a little bit about him, but who else inspires you, Corinne? Well, I, I will say Logan still to this day inspires me. There's, there's, he's, I would say he's a motivator for me. Like I, you know, even like now a lot of um, my business goals have a lot to do with his future, you know, wanting to, I really never thought that I could be somebody that could um, create a legacy for my family. And I've been really loving Mm -hmm. the idea of not only am I passionately helping women because I love that, but I also have this like secondary purpose that goes behind it, which is thinking about the legacy that I'm going to be able to leave, like my Logan, my niece, you know, like I've been, um, I've been able to pay for her college education. I love that. There's just things that I just never thought I would ever be able to do that. I, I just love that. I can chase my passions and have this big byproduct of being able to take care of my entire family. It just is. And I think that is rooted in that, um, that um, single mom being the oldest child, yep. had a brother, right, or have a brother, um, always being the responsible one. There is nothing I love better than taking care of the people I love. Like it is, it is the one thing that brings me joy more than almost anything. But I would say other people that inspire me. Um, well, my mentor, Brooke Castillo, mm-hmm. um, she has changed my life in ways that, I mean, I can't even list, not just because I took her certification, but just over the years studying under her, um, listening to her. I am. She's amazing. I, I am a devout student of what she teaches. And I mean, like I listen to the things I take notes. Um, a lot of the coaches, they, uh, make fun of me because I go back and listen to the beginner stuff a lot and retake notes and stuff. They're like, God, you just like listen to all of it. And I'm like, yes, but that's how you learn it. (laughs) That's how you learn it. it, It's funny you say that. I actually went back to my favorite Brooke Castillo uh, podcast episode, and it was not a surprise to you that it's the manual. It's the one that is one of my favorite ones. And I think that especially in the last few months um, with COVID, right, and how people um, tend to to act or whatnot. And I I have to go back and remind myself that uh, people are not refrigerators. I can't have a manual for them. And in really revisiting those concepts, but those are the concepts that I think have been life changing for sure. And I and I have seen that in you. And and again, uh, because of you studying her so closely, I think that you are in turn able to um, do what you do, and then pass that love and 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 everything that everybody else that is learning from you is getting. Um, I also love that you're inspired to do the things that you do for your family and for the, and, and to be able to give. You're a very generous person. I've been a recipient of your generosity many times. And I, and I thank you for that because I think that, um, I, I am in a position that I want to do the same for others as well. Um, yeah. now, I ha- well, I was going to say, I think one of the reasons why it means a lot to me is I remember when we were growing up, my grandparents were very generous to us. They they just helped raise me and stuff. And being someone who came from a background of struggling so, um, it just, you know, to be in a position where you can help people, it, it just, it means the world to me. So. Right. 
I, I think that this is the, the way that, that our lives would be so much better, right? If we're thinking about how can I do for others and, and, and living and, and being okay that maybe it's not something that's going to come back to you. But, yeah. um, I'm, I'm living right now in, in a place where I'm starting to dream really big and I'm starting to do it. Also thinking like, how, what can I do for my mom? What can I do for my sisters? Um, I actually, my niece, Amelia, I just had a conversation with her the other day and I said, you know, when you turn 16, I'm going to get you a car. I'm really looking for that. She's like, what? Who does that? <laughs> um, but uh, little mini me is learning also about um, goals and it's learning about, uh, we journal in the mornings. In the mornings oh, wow. when, she, when she gets up, I typically call her before she goes to school. Mm-hmm. And to my sister's dismay, because my sister's like, oh, God, here you are talking that stuff again. Because I have two sisters. One of them is in the tribe. And mm-hmm. um, the, the other one who is not, she is not into self-development at all. <laughs> and, and well, it's not for everyone. <laughs> it is not for everyone. Um, but my sister who is in the tribe, I also have to say that I, I once said that if she joined, I would be gone and talk about the the level of mind work and the things that I've learned from you that all of a sudden I'm like, well, of course you should join and she better join because I want her to have what I have, what I have in mm-hmm. everyone should have this and it's everyone should um, have the gift that um, I've, I've been given by being able to live this, this life that I'm living by the things that I've learned from you. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? The, I, I tell people all the time that we like when people think weight loss, they're going to think us and not Weight Watchers anymore. Like I I want us to be the first thing people like when, like I want us to turn the diet industry on its head in such a way that like every woman knows about it. And like every woman is like, this is the answer. This is, this is how we, it's not like I, I use weight loss as a vehicle Mm -hmm. to like, once I get you in there, what I'm really doing is changing your life. We're not just changing. Oh. Your life. <laughs> so for sure, that's kind of like my big 10 year goal is to, I love it. Um, I'm in for it. Just, yeah. Like I just want us to be the first thing that people think of. Cause I think the weight loss industry needs a revamp desperately. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, like just like a personal thing is in 10 years from now, I think I'll be, well, my dream is to be living probably in Florida Okay. My mom now lives down there. Um, my son is not a beach lover, <laughs> to my dismay. Does he still so, want to move uh, up he's north? 18, but do what? Does he still want to move up north? Oh my gosh, yes. He was telling me yesterday. He was just talking about uh, about how he was just wanted to be someplace where the snow was just up to his hips, and, not, and I'm just like, why? But he loves cold, and mm, good for him. I think in ten years, like you know, Logan will be in a place where he can pursue all the things he wants to pursue. I mean, uh, I don't know if your listeners know, but he, um, he has high functioning autism and Mm -hmm. he will for sure live on his own and stuff. It's just, it's just going to take him a little extra time to get there. And so we're doing all kinds of, um, really cool things. He's becoming a coder right now. His daddy's Mm -hmm. teaching him and, He's smart as a whip. Oh, I mean, he has got to be the one of the smartest people I've ever talked to. Oh I, my gosh. And he can learn anything. He gets mm-hmm. on that yeah, YouTube all the time and comes in and like knows something else. And he reads, like he reads the classics. He's mm-hmm. just a very 
unique individual. He challenged me to go back and read Russian literature because (laughs) in one of the, one of the conversations we had last time I saw him. And, and again, I love having these conversations with him because we can talk politics and, and I forget, I forget who I'm speaking to at times. And, um, he mentioned that he was, I forgot who he was reading. And I said, you know, I've been to Moscow and we talked a little bit about uh, my visit to Russia. And the next thing you know, he's like, you know, then this book, and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to, I mean, in all honesty, I went and I got it on Audible because I was not, <laughs> I was not going to read it. And I figured, you know what, I'll check it out. And, and it was pretty good. But yeah, he, he, he is uh, very unique. Um, and he's a gift. He's a gift to everyone who, who really comes across. And I think that you and, and uh, Chris have created an environment where you give him wings um, in addition yeah. to, the, to the roots that you've given him. So um, yeah, he's a, he's a great kid. He's, um, he's joyous. I, mm-hmm. I've always, I've always said, you know, like the one thing about him since he came out of the womb is he just has always been a, a pretty happy child. Like mm-hmm. he just, he smiles a lot. He he finds um, like when he sees something, he sees possibility first. He doesn't have a lot of drama around like that. He can't do. Th- it's very rare that he gets a little frustrated and stuck in something. But he almost like he just has an amazing capacity to believe in himself. And so I always tell him like you have all the core components of what it's going to take to do anything you want in your life. Like, this is not going to be a problem. It's just learning to, um, you know, just basic skills on, you know, like we're going to learn, we're going to work on learning how to cook. You know, I have just babied that child to mm. no end. <laughs> um, I still clip his nails for him. <laughs> That's like, I, what is it? Is, is it like Italian moms that, yep. um, like they like they keep their sons at home forever and all this other stuff. Oh, like, for sure, there must be Italian roots somewhere in you here. You never because, know. Oh my god, I have like been the like the mama bear for so long. So I've been really working on um, thinking. Okay, like he's a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. Probably need to start working on some life skills. <laughs> yeah, I saw that you're cooking more. I am cooking more. I, and in fact, I cooked last night shrimp and grits. I, I know. And I was I was quite jealous of that meal, but yeah, it was delicious. Oh. And today I'm making um, beef and barley stew. Oh, that sounds really yummy. We had a uh, spaghetti ragu. We went back to Fresh mm. Hello Fresh. Uh, yeah. Not an ad, but we went back to them just because I, I just felt like you know what I need to go back to like not thinking too hard about what we're gonna eat, yes. and I just kept yes. finding like oh what am I gonna make? Uh, Dan, I don't know if if I had mentioned Dan in January decided that he was going to try to be a plant based eater. Oh wow! And well, it, no longer, but he. Oh. <laughs> Well, I'm sure it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> it, it was it, it was the kind of thing where um, everything that I had worked in so long, right? Like, okay, you're going to be plant-based? Sure. What would you like me to get you? And and I really, I think that four years ago, I would have had so much drama over that. Like, what? But we got to eat the same thing and we got to sit at the table. And, but, and now we are back to eating some of the same things, which is all good. Yeah, I am. Um... I, so the last two years, my sister-in-law has done our food prep every week. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, so I've almost lived in this house two years, and I probably had used the kitchen it has? three times. I can't oh believe it's gosh. been it'll, two years. It'll be two years in March. Oh, my gosh. Since we moved to this house. And wow. so, 
you know, I had basically asked my sister-in-law to do my food prep because mm-hmm. I've been just really working on the business. And mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, I just want to create as much ease in my life as possible. If she, and she loves cooking and she right. cooks good. I'm like, I'll tell her what to make us so that I can work. And then when I'm done working, we just eat mm-hmm. and we get to spend time together. So into that. And then the last, I would say like month or so, I started watching the Great British Bake Off. From I love that show. Which like got me down the rabbit hole of thinking I wanted to cook. And, and I have been baking. I've been baking all the things. And wow. so I really realized that I don't know that I want to cook all the meals, but I love I love the idea of the planning and I love the idea of doing it. It's almost like it's now it's, it's not work and it's not getting in the way of something. Whereas I felt like, you know, I really need ease here so I can do this and this is a solve. Now I'm just like, now I need ease in my downtime mm-hmm. and I want to cook and I want to do those things. So it's been, um, it's really been fun. Like I, last Saturday, I forget what I was cooking last Saturday. It was something brand new and I didn't even turn on TV, mm-hmm. music, or podcast. I spent three hours in the kitchen just cooking, and I realized I did this without distraction. Like, it was just, I was so into it and enjoying the process. It was it was so nice to be I able love to that. just cook. And, like, and my brain wasn't bitching and moaning and thinking I should be doing other things and all this other stuff. It was just it was great. And I was thinking, this is what, this is the next version of me is Mm -hmm. being someone who can be with herself completely like that. So cooking is very therapeutic, I think. And Mm -hmm. especially because you can be very mindful in everything that you're doing and really pay attention to being in the present as you're chopping, as you're stirring, as you're just focusing on what you're doing. And and I think that so many of us, you know, we always have something in the background going yes. on when we're doing these things. But when we allow ourselves to be in the moment, and um, I talk about sometimes, you know, one of my mindful breaks in the afternoon is when I make my tea. And I really pay attention to the actual, not just, you know, throwing it in the microwave, but really spending time just doing the step-by-step process. And, yeah. and I find that when I come back to um, to, to my desk, I'm, I feel refreshed because I've been so giving my brain that, that moment. So mm-hmm. I, uh, awesome. I also remember you cooking, not in your old house, but the house before that, mm-hmm. um, when you used to prep on Sundays. And that was the first time that I'm like, wow, she makes all that stuff. Oh my God. I'm actually doing the food prep for the next two weeks. Mm. I'm going to be, um, Aunt JJ is... <laughs> Going home for Christmas, so we're not going to have our Aunt JJ food at all. Okay. And then the week after that is um, virtual camp weekend, mm-hmm. so I have to go to the hotel to for the you know we do a stage show and all this other stuff. So I still have to go there to do the filming. Right. So it's a short week. So I'm going to do it for two weeks, and I'm really looking forward to it. You know, when I used to do all my food prep, I never begrudged it. Like I didn't sit there and act like it was a big problem. I always thought this is the way that I take care of my family. And this is the way that I make my week easier. And Mm -hmm. then when I decided to hand it over to my sister-in-law, it wasn't because I was hating it. It was literally because I was like, I want to figure out a way to spend more time focused on the business. Right. And this is a way to do that. And so I, I always try to work on loving my reasons behind all of my decisions. If I'm going to be doing something, 
I might as well get the benefit of loving the decision to get there. And the most of us don't do that. No. We just hate our decisions and then do it anyway. <laughs> and I'm like, God, so just, much harder to do it that so way. It's so much harder. Like if you, if you make peace with it, right? And, you know, like I, I remember I, when we got a cleaning person, Dan had never had a cleaning person. I said, listen, it's not because I don't know how to clean a toilet. No one's going to clean a toilet better than I can. Mm-hmm. I scrub the hell out of that. But really what I want is the ability to be able to have something else. And yeah. I I am okay with someone coming in and doing this. And, yeah. and I think that we have to be okay with the choices we make for sure. So yeah, for sure. Um, I love the fact also I want to revisit you uh, being the weight loss giant. Um, and being the go-to. And I think that that definitely is going to happen. I think uh, um, as people start to see in not only the anecdotes, but really looking and collect that data, girl, that's the way to go, you know, and, and that. Ooh, we're, quant- we're trying. We're upgrading our um, back-end systems this weekend so that we can get uh, more sophisticated this next year. Perfect. And a lot of things. I All love kinds of cool things happening. So. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I actually went in to try to do something and, and then I, I'm like, my, my thing is not working. Did I get kicked out? What's going on? And then I realized no. I, I had I had gotten the email saying that you were upgrading the the site, and I'm like, oh, okay, thank God. Okay, um, so I um I, I I do I do thank you for everything, and I do thank you for being here. I wanted to um read you something that I found um okay. that I think um. I, you know, I, I, now that I found it, I want to go back and, uh, I'm going to keep this close, but I also want other people to hear it. So this is from February 7th, 2008. And, um, it says, continuing on my what I learned from starting PNP series, the next lesson is the fat girl thinking. FGT is real. It is something all of us face from time to time, no matter what part of the journey we are and how successful we are. FGT is really about our old stinking thinking, screwing around in your head, convincing you that you aren't worthy or a healthy lifestyle. The fat girl says something like, your genetics make you fat. Why bother? Why don't you take time to exercise? You're so much busier um, than ever. Your family will never eat this crap. You can have just a little. What will it hurt? You have been working so hard. You are too tired to get up in the morning. You are too tired after work. You should spend an hour a day focused on you. Your family might fall apart without your presence. You have texture issues. Eating healthy is too expensive. Joining a gym is too expensive. And so on and so on and so on. The list could go on forever. To hear her tell it here, every reason is not to take care of ourselves. But let me ask you this. When is the last time you actually made a list of all the good things in your life? When have you made a list of other reasons that you can do something versus only thinking about the obstacles? I could easily go through each statement above and give you reasons why these are cop-outs. I'm in. If you really look at it, and if you really go through them one by one, come up with 10 ways to get around or disprove them. But I'm not doing that today. You know why? I don't want to dwell on FGT, fat girl thinking. She has eaten most of her life. I'm 33 years old and I'm sick and tired of her fat butt poking around in my head. Today would be such an easy day for me to just feel festered and self-pity. It's the time of month. I'm stressed. 
personal issues are swarming around me that I have to deal with, but I'm tired. But you know what? I am still going to the gym. I am still working. I am still eating my good, clean foods because if I didn't learn anything from last year from me is that you're sacrificing your health and my body image doesn't make me happy. Every single time me or one of the girls missed a workout or ate foods that you know we shouldn't, we never once talk about how satisfying it was to just be and how it fixed everything. Nope. We got on the boards and whine around, throwing ourselves a pity party, wondering why we can't seem to get in gear. You will never regret sacrificing a little sleep or TV to show up to work out. You won't even think about that snicker bar you passed up at 2 p.m. today when the scale shows you some love. But I promise you that if you start living the life you want and turning the volume down on the fat girl, you'll be sitting here miserable and 10 pounds heavier this time next year. Go out there and live the life you are meant to be. For homework, I invite you to choose your favorite fat girl cop out and tell us the reasons why you can do it versus why you can't. So that's something that you wrote. Gosh, it was like me back in the day knowing that it was all about where did you put your focus? Are you going to focus on how you can't or are you going to focus on what you can do? And I think that you've been talking the same thing for uh, forever. And um, I think that, you know, some of the concepts have been refined. But overall, you've been teaching us to focus on what we can do and becoming yeah. the person that we want to be. So Yeah, we've gone from FGT to old shitty. <laughs> we really refined it. <laughs> really refined the old shitty. We're, it's like we're like crafting fine artwork around here. <laughs> well, I, oh, I I love that. And I, I came across it and I just thought, oh, this is going to be a good prompt for me for the week. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm taking the time for the remainder of this year to go back and think about what are the things that I'm saying that I can't do and go back and refine them and give myself the reasons why I can. So I thank you. I thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. And I thank you for coming to Casa de Confidence. And, um, you know, I'm writing a book and uh, you're, you're a so big, you're a big reason are. for that. I know. I can't wait. I told you you need to write a book and I here know, we are. I know. I know. Um, when is your book coming out? I don't know. I just hired an editor. Okay. So, like that literally happened this week. I've already written the first draft. Cool. Um, and now I'm going to work with an editor on getting it like doing whatever an editor, like I'd like to interview a bunch of people, but taking it and making sure that it makes sense, that mm-hmm. my ideas are connected and all that. Cause I've never written a book. I know how to, I know how to like say the things that are important, but I want to make sure that the way I organize it or the way I like basically present it or whatever doesn't get in the way of the reader missing out on the message. So that's why I'm getting someone who can really help me. Well, I can never imagine it, you know, that. Great. But Corinne, your your content and and having seen so much content come through, I can tell you that the content that you're putting out, you become better and better as you go through. And I, I think that even when and yes, yeah, someone will probably refine it. That's what an editor does. But um, your your message and your voice will come through loud and clear. And that's what yeah. what resonates with people. So yeah. well, and I hired an editor who's a no BS woman. Oh, even better. Exactly. Perfect. I was like, don't be trying to step all over my cussing and my voice. <laughs> so it'll no. it's gonna be good. But I'm I'm hoping middle to end of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know how long these processes take, so we'll see. But it it's it's the book that I really want someone who 
if you never join the membership, mm-hmm. it's like my love letter to you. Like, just know these I things. Love that. If you can just do these things, you know, yep. do it. You know, like, it's really, that's what the book is about. That's, so. that's exactly, you know, when this whole thing with the book came about, I think that one of the things that I, I felt, like, I remember, like, all the people in my career that have said, oh, I could never do that. I'm not confident enough. And I'm like, what? Like, of course you are. Like, you just, and I, and I, and I think that this is the one thing that I want people also to get out, right? Like, you can't do it. You, you, you just have to be able to think of it differently and go out there. So don't be surprised when they come with 80,000 uh, edits that you have to do and be like, what the oh, no. hell you is this? You should have seen when they just like did the, I just sent them one chapter, all the people <laughs> who made it to the final round. Um, I've already gotten tons and tons of feedback. I'm prepared. <laughs> so. I knew it was going to have a lot of edits and a lot of stuff. So, but that's good. It's going to, it'll, it'll make it a better book by the end. Mm-hmm. I, I want it to be, you know, if I ever, I don't know how many I'll end up writing, but if I only ever write one, I really want it to be like, just something that somebody would read and be like, okay, I can too. I think, um, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited for it. And it will, it will have a high level of prominence in my shelf and in my heart for always. So thank you. I appreciate you. And thank you for visiting Casa de Confidence. I can't wait to see what more exciting things. And I can't wait to see you and hug you in person, even though, you know, you're not a hugger. So hopefully hopefully it'll be in May. That's what we're hoping. We'll see. May or October. We got two more on the calendar for next year. Listen, I was supposed to celebrate my 50th birthday with you. So in essence, I sort of am celebrating my birthday because the podcast (laughs) was my celebration. So here you are. So yay. So cheers to you, lady. Thank you so much. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. OMG. OMG. What did you think? I thought it was great. You thought I, it was great. I thought it was great at one point where she talked about kind of taking over the diet world and making and having people actually think of no BS before diet programs like Weight Watchers. I think that it's so doable and I think that it's so sustainable to be able mm-hmm. to have a program like hers because let's face it, diets are just a state of mind and it's Mm -hmm. a temporary change that you're making, but you're not making um, the decisions and the choices and the habits that are actually going to be sustainable. And eating is not like giving up smoking, right? You can't just quit smoking and you're fine. No, eating is part of our life and we have to learn to manage the thoughts that go behind the patterns that make us overeat. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, there's so many diets, you're like, okay, you just, you're going to restrict yourself here, here, and here. You're going to, you're, you're going to, hey, eat this many calories. It's math. It's pure math. That's all this is, is math. I know people that are like that. They can do it. Mm-hmm. The average person cannot do that. And if you concentrate on the math of a diet, you're going to fail. If you put in the work behind that, the mind work, the emotional work, the heart work. Mm-hmm. And, and sit in your shit, right? you know, feel the pain, feel that, feel the hunger, feel the discomfort. Think about what that discomfort means to you and work through it. Then then you have the tools you built up, you've built up that, um, 
that knowledge in your head. You know how to. It's right. What am I trying to say, Julie? The issue is that you know sometimes, and here's the thing, and I'm going to use myself as an example. We eat for comfort. We eat to celebrate. We eat because we're bored. The reality is that eating is something that we should do because, well, it's it's a it's a need, right? And with diets, we then restrict or we create this, these rules for ourselves that say we should do this, we should do that, but we are not dealing with the emotions that are driving the behavior. Hmm. Yes, that's that's and exactly what I was trying to I say. I know it is. And the reality, too, is that, for instance, um, there's there's one thing that we talk about in the, in the No BS group is like you eat by the clock and, oh, noon comes around and, oh, I should be eating. Or we eat because, well, oh, I'm going to miss my meal, so I might as well eat more. Well, I like or the I good miss one. my meal and I better eat more. I like the good one. Oh, I'm going to be super busy at 12. Mm-hmm. I'm not hungry, but I better eat now or I'm right. going to be hungry then. And the reality is that your body, maybe it's not hungry. And like Corinne says... You're not going to die if you miss a meal. <laughs> and if anything, your body is going to burn stored up fat if you miss a meal. And we forget these things. So, You're perplexed. I have stored up fat. I am not even going to go there. Oh. Hey, listen, by the way, we did talk about something with Corinne that um, I don't know if you and I had talked about or, or what did you think about that whole thing that we talked about when she gave me the homework to write you a love letter for 30 days? The thing is, you re- you wrote love letters for 30 days to me because mm-hmm. she gave you that homework. Right. But you never gave them to me. I know. Well, I'm not going to give them to you. I mean, if why it's not? fine, I'll go for it. Why wouldn't, if you wrote, put the work in, why wouldn't you sh- show me the love letters? Because that was part of my homework and it was like a thing for me. Why don't you write me 20 love letters? So what you're saying, it's all about you? I'm not saying that at all. You know what? In that case, it was because you were working on you. I was working on me. And here's the thing. I'm going to tell you, I am going to go back to incorporating some of the habits that made me successful in my weight loss Mm -hmm. because I have definitely slacked. And part of the reason, and this is not a blame on Dan, but this is a blame on me. I am falling back to the patterns. Why are you blaming people? I'm just saying, I fall part in in reevaluating why I haven't lost or maintained my weight loss is because I've fallen back on habits that were easy. I've fallen back on habits that don't serve me and things that I really worked hard and not doing. So I'm going to be recalibrating some of these things and revisiting some of my old protocols. And the work is going to be in saying, I do this for me and not for Dan. And I do this for me, despite what Dan may want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes in a marriage, that sometimes we want to please others. We want to, right. um, like I know for me, I always want to spend time with you when we're eating. And if you're not eating with me in the dining room, then it's kind of like, and I'm not saying it to put you on the spot. I'm just saying. No, it's fine. <clears throat> so No, if you're not doing it, Okay. There are certain things you do for other people. Right. Because you do for other people. Right. And that's what we do as humans. Mm-hmm. I mean, humans, for the most part, are very giving. And we're called to do for other people. But there's certain things in life you need to do for yourself. Right. And there are things that you have to do for yourself before you can help others. Right. And if you don't have your health, 
if you don't have your if 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 you're trying to help other people you don't have your health then then how can you help other people but, if you're not emotionally ready to help someone um mm. emotionally you, you got to work on yourself I mean, you got to do right. that before you can help. Here's others. the thing, and 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 here's a fine line, and I, I will say there is a fine you line in there. The fine line to leave me. There's lose a fine line me. in the sense that a lot of people feel that you oh, have to be in the right place to work. You know that you have to have it all together to work with others, oh, and that's, that's not true. true. And I right. and I want to I want to definitely make this point. Yes. Because you don't have to have your shit together to change somebody else's You're life. Right. You're correct. And you really need to identify the things that are going to serve you and stop trying to please the people around you or stop worrying whether you're going to disappoint the people around you. Mm. And you have to really, as you're starting the new year, go back and say, what do I want and how do I get there? And use the things that are stumbling blocks to get you there. Mm -hmm. For me, when I lose weight, means that I have to focus on not being distracted. And if that means that I am not eating with you, be prepared. I'm not eating with you in front of the television. I, it's been a detriment to me to absolutely. not eat, paying attention to my meals mm -hmm. and being mindful about what I'm eating. Correct. So that was one, one of the biggest things that, that I've been evaluating in my life. So Absolutely. Anyway. Well, I'm very pleased with this interview. Well, I'm glad you're pleased. Aren't you with glad the it gets the Dan stamp of approval? Oh, Dan, you give me the stamp of approval for most things I do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, and by the way, if anybody has not watched Bridgerton, oh. go binge on that, people. It's better than watching Hallmark, guys. And if you are not listening to the podcast, I know I'm pushing another another podcast, Which? the podcast with oh, the Knox podcast. and Jamie. Last week's episode, they introduced the contestants for what it promises to be the 2021 January Dumpster Fire, The Bachelor. The first African-American Bachelor man is going to be on. And ladies, hmm, highly recommend that show. <laughs> what? You just made a face when you were thinking of this Bachelor. I'm allowed. That's the same face I make when I think of you. No, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> He's a piece of eye candy. What can I tell you? What? Like, you don't get a face with Kaylee Coco? What? I consider myself eye candy, but I'm more of a, a Rolo. <laughs> <laughs> or a dum-dum. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> I've got soft edges. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say you're kind of like, let me see, what candy would I equate you to? Watch it now. You're sort of like that. What is that um, candy that's round and. I know what you are. Hazelnut. I know what you are. You're a hazelnut. Hazelnut? Yeah. Lynn's hazelnut. Really? The little balls that kind of burst you in your mouth. You're, with hazelnuts. You're a ring pop because you're all blingy. <laughs> I'm a ring pop. Mm, that, mm. I, oh, I, I like that. You like that? Am I the red one? I don't know There's different colors. I never of had a ring they pop. Are. Well, you're colorblind. I forget. I never had a ring pop in my life. What? We need to go get you a ring pop. I think almost, it was mostly women girls that had ring pops. 
Yeah, it would be kind of awkward you walking around with a ring pop. <laughs> In the 70s, that wasn't accepted. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully we're more inclusive now. Of course. All right. Well, I think that we have taken it up enough of the listeners um, time. <laughs> Because we could talk all day. I know we could. We just don't have to record ourselves. Well, you know what? You guys can just shut it off. No, do not shut off the podcast until we finish. What? Okay. It counts. Oh, yeah. Do, follow to the end. Yeah, follow, follow to the, the end. end. I mean, you could just fast forward the crap. Or we're going to drag this on for another 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Dan, come on. No. All right. All right. Hey, anything special this week, Joel? Yes. We actually are starting a mastermind for new business owners who are looking for some direction and are looking to plan their year. So go to my socials for details or click on the link in the newsletter. You will be able to download a planner that will help you map out what you want your business, uh, the first quarter of your year to be like. So, this is something really big. It's only a mastermind. I am only going to open this up to a few people and it's going to be super fun. And it's like you're starting your business with a chief innovation officer, me, helping support you. <laughs> what? Nothing. All right. Remember to check out Current Crabtree in the No BS. That's right. Uh, She's going to be opening in up in March. You check. cannot join the, tri- the the group now. You're going to be able to join in March, but stay tuned. She does have yeah. a free course. So if you want to f- learn how to lose weight the right way, you can listen to her podcast, Losing 100 Pounds, and you can also go and download her free course. Don't forget to visit GoConfidentlyCoaching.com if you're interested in speaking with Julie. And follow us on the socials. And by the way, Dan and I are doing a Reels challenge. If you're on Instagram, come and check out our Reels. We are learning how to do Reels. And again, GoConfidentlyCoaching.com, you can speak with our other coach. Julie DeLuca Collins or Andrea Gustinucci. (laughs) So... Check that out if you, you know, want advice, want to have a talk, you need can, help doing If you stuff. are not sure where you're going for the new year, this yes. is the right place. Set up a discovery call. We'll help you figure out what some of the things that can help you, motivate you, inspire you, but most of all, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Or if you're thinking about starting a podcast. Ooh, talk to Dan. Talk to me. All right, and more details to come about that. We're super excited to be making some great announcements. And next week, we bring you Melissa Myers, who is a coach. Well, she's not a coach. Well, she's a coach, but she is a financial planner. She is a certified financial planner that specializes in working with women. So stay tuned for Melissa Myers next week. All right, guys. Have a good week. And go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams.
everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only purposeful you mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all. But the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.